1: Welcome to Red Review. We are here today with me and just Uncle Saxon. Greg has perished. No he didn't. <laughs> he was in a he was in a bad scooter accident. I'm into
0: sorry.
2: A <laughs> right into it.
1: <sighs> oh man, sorry Greg. Rest in peace. What's What's up Saxon? Same old shit.
2: Okay. We have another show this weekend. Melissa's doing uh, Tech Nine, whoever oh. that is. I don't know who that is.
1: Sounds familiar. I know I've but, seen it. Uh, we
2: name. had a we had a huge meeting with uh, the biggest production company in the, in the city, and um, it's very positive, very very positive. Oh, One looked good. at uh, some mortgage options. Going to go buy a house in a couple of months here. Oh wow all this shit hole. She and her kid's gonna move to Minneapolis and and uh, we're gonna build our empire. Man. Wow. Moving on up. Lighting Lady Design. Check us out on Facebook for all your convention and concert uh, lighting needs. Or mitzvahs. Uh, or mitzvahs. Fuck uh, it. Weddings? Yeah, definitely. Very cool. I'm well, glad things are looking up.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Very good. I haven't had a fucking drop of alcohol in ten days. Holy shit.
1: You seem like you're in a pretty good mood. Be
2: in a better mood if I had a fucking glass of absoluta Hey, <laughs> whatever.
1: Well, it's don't think fit. about it. Yeah. Don't think about it. Maybe my wife uh she doesn't really drink that much. Well she did, like when we first started uh dating, she was really, you know, drinking. She drank and she smoked. And she gave both, well, she gave the smoking up. She gave, kind of gave the drinking up because we had a kid, so she kind of had to. So, now when she drinks, she's just like, she has one she's done, basically. So. I know what you're going through. Well, if, you need, if you need to talk to anybody, just give me a call. Fucking blow me. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get through this, I swear. All right. So what's uh, what else is going on? <laughs> All right. Well, some Saxon news, uh, a couple of days ago, Biff Byford uh went for a uh emergency bypass surgery. And uh he was sent home today. So I guess everything's looking good. Yep. He's cool. got a lion's heart. I <laughs> see what you did there. <laughs> see what you did. It's his destiny. Yeah. I'm hoping he comes on the show because he's got some time now because we've been waiting. We've we've been waiting for him to actually come on the show. I do uh, have been talking to the manager, so she was just been waiting for him to uh, come off a tour. So now he's off a tour and he'll be home. Off a
2: tour, yeah.
1: Lounging around and uh, hopefully we'll get him on and that'll be cool.
2: Fucking cool as hell. It would
1: be. You've met him in person though, right? Before? Yeah.
2: A few yeah. times. and he even knows who uncle saxon is so really a, well, at least
1: he he claimed to well he probably has an uncle saxon maybe Wow, he's got an uncle mervis <laughs> you think you're the only uncle saxon on earth yeah yeah you're right i am why would anybody else be called uncle saxon he's the original you that much that's true You are the original. Some uh, news, some Metallica news. James Hetfield going into uh, rehab again. It's been dry. Maybe you should help him out. Yeah. Go
0: hang out.
2: I'll sneak him in a little something
1: and Betty (laughs) Ford. That's a shame, though. It's like he, you know, he he goes through all this. Shit. It's hard, I, like where he's involved with, you know, obviously music, and he's around everybody, and everybody's drinking, and God knows what the hell else they're doing backstage. And I couldn't even imagine living that life, being uh, like uh, recovering from, you know, addictions. Right. Yeah. It's it's kind of be like impossible. Well, he's know.
2: done it before. He can do it again.
1: He has. So, hopefully, he uh, he comes out of this and does it right. It's funny because um, a couple months ago, people were putting pictures up on, uh, online of how he looks now from, God, not that long ago, maybe five years ago. And the, the difference in his face is like night and day. Yeah. Like, he looks like uh, 20 years older than what he was yeah. in such a quick uh, span of time. It's insane. So, kind of knew something. Something's going on, you know. Shame. And talking about Metallica, next week I think it's next week or week after we have Patrick Scott on the show, very dear, close friend of Lars Ulrich and Dave Mustaine. Yep, and a fun, uh, fun storyteller.
2: Hey, it was fun to
1: have him on again. You know. Yeah, totally. Still trying to get him and Greg to uh, do a show together. I think that'll be cool.
2: Yeah, a new wave of British heavy metal show?
1: Yeah. Need to get some new shows on here.
2: Well, those two dudes know
1: all about that. Yes, they do. It'll be cool if they ever get that done. Um, some funny news. I mean, it's not funny. I mean, because that 16-year-old girl that, from Sweden, the uh, environmentalist, uh, I don't know if anybody's really seen this girl. I'm I'm sure everybody has on it, really, because she's been all over the news, Uh, you know, giving that speech to the United Nations where uh she scolded the world leaders for the betrayal of young people, you know, through the alleged failure to uh, tackle climate change. Do you believe in climate change, by the way? Of course. How can you not? Do I
2: believe 99% of the world's scientists? Yeah, I think so. Do I believe one orange fucking... Piece of shit. No, I don't believe him. Why not? Well, because he's lied and been wrong about every other fucking thing in his life. Yeah, but so is everybody else.
1: I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I'm in like in in between believing about uh, about climate change. I mean, I, I can see. Take? You know, it's your fucking kid that has to live in this shit. I know, and that that's what really it pisses me off. You know. But my kids also got to live with all these other assholes that live on Earth, too, so... Yeah. Hey,
2: I... Believe me, I think overpopulation is the world's biggest problem.
1: That... Yeah. Well, I
2: never had kids. I I don't want no fucking little brats breathing my air.
1: You have a kid.
2: I got a stepdaughter.
1: Oh, so that don't count. Well,
2: she's already around. I had nothing to do with it.
1: That's right. All right. So you have no kids. (laughs) and I'm still old (laughs) Oakville go figure but I don't know I mean you gotta look at the other countries I mean especially China look how bad they are with all their fucking uh, you know just all the emissions and shit they put out over there it's just it's disgusting over there so you know it's not just us it's the whole world has to come together if the climate change thing is real the whole Entire Earth has to come together to an agreement to change things. And, and they everybody... did. It was
2: called the Paris Accord. And the first thing fucking orange douchebag did was fucking pull us out of it. We're really? the only country, us in Nigeria are the only... Uh, Nigeria? No. Uh, uh, yeah, one, one other country. They're the only ones that fucking aren't in that. Every other country in the world is.
1: Really?
2: Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Why do you do it? Because well, um, this is political fucking discourse. Well, probably because we didn't make list?
1: enough money. <laughs> well, anyway, after the girl made the speech, a um, uh, who the hell did this now? Because we kind of got off subject here. Oh, uh, soon afterwards, the uh, speech was uh, you know on television and everything. Uh, she became a death metal internet phenomenon via uh john mollusk the drummer from uh new york thrash metal band i can't even pronounce this one uh, swaka but he took her speech and put it to death metal music he uh-huh. sang he sang over it did her speech and sang you know sang her speech in death metal style and oh. apparently um it went up it, it, it went viral on youtube got four million uh views and uh, it is now being put up on as a uh, a track you can download, I guess on mm-hmm. iTunes. Let's and make all, a little dough off it. Yeah, well, he's actually donating the money to. Uh, they launched Despot's uh, Records uh, launched a campaign under the hashtag Green Metal, and are hoping that uh, "How Dare You" is what the song is called. So, if you want to look that up, you can find it. How dare you? Uh, hoping that "How Dare You" will enter the Billboard Top Ten charts around the world. Uh, uh-huh. They're donating money. I saw it before. Where the hell are they donating the money to? Uh, damn it. Well, they're donating money to something. <laughs> well, that's very cool. I like that. So, uh, all pro Oh yeah. Okay. All the profits uh, are going to Greenpeace. So if you buy that track, it's going to go to something. That'll help the Earth. Let's go buy the track.
2: You go bitch slap some Japanese whalers.
1: <laughs> tell, <laughs> tell them Uncle Saxon sent you.
2: Yeah, but you know that's a good. Put my put my face on the side of that Greenpeace boat and just says Uncle Saxon says hi.
1: We should make up some stickers with your face on it. Just that'd be great. Put them everywhere.
2: You'd have to have like oversized stickers because I got a huge head. You do. It's barely fitting on the screen. Seriously, it's... I've got, like, this fucking... Phantasm-sized head. You
1: know? (laughs) Yeah. Do you have to cut the shirts a little bigger for the holes, you know, so you can get your head through the shirt? No. No? No. Uh, All my shirts
2: are very stretchy.
1: See, I I do, because... See, my shirts are all fucking stretched out. That's actually for my son pulling down on it. Oh. kid drives me nuts. And he pulls my chest hair. That hurts.
2: Well, you know, there's always duct tape (laughs) in the back of Melissa's truck. (laughs) Still there? (laughs) Yeah. We're going to have her pop out of my closet tonight on Ava, but
1: uh, we decided against it. I did see her uh, walk by before. Yeah. So she could have did it then. <clears throat> and uh, last story. This one I was saving for Greg, but uh, unfortunately he has perished. Uh, <laughs> Martha Hoople has to cancel their tour due to Ian Hunter's uh, scary tinnitus. That shit's a bitch. It really is.
2: It is. At I have tinnitus. nothing you can do about it.
1: Actually, I heard that there are, there's something going on about uh, reversing that. Really? Yeah, which would be good. I have it like a, a slight bit of tinnitus. I have the uh, humming uh-huh. thing. I have that. It's very annoying. But I don't hear it. If there's noise going on, I don't hear it at all. As soon mm-hmm. as it goes silent, I hear...
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, I couldn't deal with that. That would, that would suck ass.
1: Yeah, Yeah, luckily, it bothers me uh, only certain times. It doesn't do it all the time. Like I said, usually I'm good as long as there's noise. So.
2: So do you call your tinnitus herpes?
1: No, why would I call it that?
2: Well, if you're good, it'll heal. Oh, that's a dog joke. Forget it.
1: What? You ever hit? Uh,
2: you know why the stoplight was red? Why? You turn red too if you had to change in front of all
1: those cars. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that wasn't funny at all. No. Not really. It was. So do you have any Uncle Saxon stories for tonight?
2: Oh, shit. Putting me on the spot here. Uh, Sure, why not? Uh, The year was 1990. I want to say one. You always always jump the gun. I got to do your intro first. I'm sorry. Go for it. All right, go ahead. The year was 1991. Um, I went on a cruise down to the Caribbean we stopped in cancun and cozumel and then back to key west and i already told you um the part about uh when i met
1: T.O. Mance. that was a previous oh, yes.
2: uncle Jackson story well the I same i did trip. add
1: him to the show that when you told us about that i added that to the show did you see oh, did that you? yeah i did uh uh-huh. uh cool mm-hmm. i found a video of him on youtube actually That's the one you told me to look awesome. up
2: awesome dude awesome dude yeah Anyways, uh, before I met him in Key West, we stopped in Cancun and Cozumel. And when we got to Cozumel, we got off the, uh, got off the ship and walked down the jetway. And at the end of the jetway, there was a dude, um, trying to hook you up with timeshare shit. And they're like, you come see this timeshare, we'll give you a Jeep for the day. Yeah. And me and my buddy Joe are like, all right, let's, well, let's do that. So we got in the van with a bunch of other people. And when we got to the actual timeshare, I just looked at the driver. I said, you know, this is an absolute no, right? (laughs) And he goes, yeah, come on, let's just go back. And we just went back. I didn't have to do the timeshare thing at all, and he gave us the Jeep. So we went, Cozumel's an island, and we went around the entire circumference of the island. And there was little bars, little tiki hut bars on the beach, like every couple miles. And they didn't have electricity or nothing. It was on the beach. So we'd stop and have a fucking cocktail. By the time we got back into uh, whatever the San Juan or whatever the the little town is on Casano, I was driving in the ditches and fucking in and out. Fucking, I was a I was a waste. Then we went to a place called Carlos and Charlie's, which is your typical tourist uh, party bar, and we were doing the cha 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 cha, you know, the, the fucking tequila line dance. <laughs> And they we were having games where it was all tequila related. And, anyways, long story short, um, I remember I had like 150 bucks in pesos, and the next day I didn't have anything. So I think I gave the taxi driver 150 dollars worth of pesos to take me about six blocks back to the back to the ship. What I do know for sure. Is that Joe found me, buck naked, two floors away with a Subway sandwich in my hand. <laughs> to this day, I have no idea where my clothes went. Um, they're just gone. They disappeared. And then I uh, slept for like the next 24 hours on the way back to Key West. And uh, that's your Uncle Saxon story of the day.
1: You did not find clothes, right?
2: Oh, I had the other clothes in, the, in oh, okay. the, the unit.
0: Yeah.
2: At least you had Subway. Uh, yeah. Little fat, long haired, fucking 20 something <laughs> year old Johnny with a Subway sandwich naked. That two full a decks sight. away from our, from our room. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what a sight that must have been.
2: Yeah. Alcohol, it's, it's a lovely thing.
1: <laughs> it's a hell of a drug. Oh. anybody get any pictures of that
2: I've got pictures from that trip oh, yeah. um, but oh nah. you know <laughs> I don't think Walgreens would have developed that one even
1: hey he they don't pay attention to that shit it just goes to the machine and goes not like that Seinfeld episode where that you'd ever see that one where that girl was going through George's pictures and she finds ones of him like the uh, sitting on a couch like all uh, seductively you never saw that oh no
2: yeah. I saw the Nip Slip one. Oh, that was a
1: good one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was a good one. Good show. One of my favorite shows. All right. Well, what the hell are we, uh, what's going on in this episode? Will we interviewing? Um oh, uh, Patrick Scott, right? No. Is that going to sure, be good one? Yeah, let's nah, do it this wouldn't...
2: episode. That was an hour long bit, so I don't know
1: yeah. if you want to, whatever. No, it's going to be part one. Part one of Patrick Scott. All right, sweet. Yeah, enjoy Patrick Scott. He uh, knows uh, Lars very well. Basically, he uh, he started Metallica. No, he oh, was in the very did. early beginnings. Very early beginnings. And uh, you became friends with him, how? Um, he works at my ophthalmologist's office. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah. So I'll be seeing him again on Halloween when I get my fucking bionic eyeball put in.
1: Wow, really? Yeah. Nice. So you don't have to use your computer no more. You can just use Skype from your eyeball. And we can see your insides. We us see what you're made of. See you next week. Enjoy, Patrick Scott.
0: <clears throat>
1: Voice cut out there. <sighs> All right. See you later. Uh. <laughs> Patrick Scott, part one, coming up. Bye. All right. Everybody's ready? Yep. Great. Welcome to Rat Salad Review. Today we have a guest, and that guest is Patrick Scott. Hello, Patrick Scott.
0: Hey, guys. How you guys doing?
1: Not too bad. I don't know about these he's guys. Got he's, got <laughs> he's got a name you can pronounce, even. He's got what? He's got a name you can pronounce. That's true.
3: <laughs> Very, Very
1: important. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pat, why do we have you on today? You were a guest uh, from Uncle Saxon. So, people are probably wondering, who the hell is Patrick Scott?
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, just, just like John was when uh, I saw him wearing a Saxon shirt, and I'm going... Saxon, really? And he said, what do you know about Saxon? <laughs> so I told him, yeah. Well,
2: what'd you tell well, it's him? a good conversation, yeah.
0: Yeah, what I told him is I uh, I think I told him they're one of my favorite bands, but, uh, but that I saw in the 1982 at the Whiskey A Go-Go with Metallica opening for them. Oh, wow. And I, and I think I also told John I'm not an autograph guy. I've asked for one autograph in my life, and it was Biff. Oh, and, really? and, Gra- and Graham Oliver happened to be standing there, so I got both of the autographs. But I don't I don't ask for autographs. But they're my heroes. So yeah,
1: yeah. Very cool. I'm I'm an autograph guy.
0: I oh, want are autographs. you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: awesome. A lot, Good. lot of lot of the stuff I have is autographed. Oh, wow. I don't know. I'm so addicted to it now. Like I, I started. I got like one or two here and there, and then I'm like, oh my god! Uh, I don't know if you know that uh, that store, Newberry Comics.
0: I don't. What is that?
1: That that's in um, uh, Massa- uh Massachusetts. Oh,
0: I don't know that. One.
1: Yeah, but uh, on their website, once in a while, they have uh, autographed albums. So mm-hmm. I'm always buying autographed stuff on there, and then you know, if awesome. I see it, meet a band or whatever. But yeah, it it's cool. I like doing that stuff.
0: Awesome. I have it's some nice. autographs, but I just kind of uh, acquired them. Uh, like uh, people like Bob Dylan, a friend of mine said, "Hey," and I met Bob Dylan. But somebody just said, "Here's his autograph," and I still have that stuff like that. But
1: yeah, but, uh, yeah well, that's a good one.
0: Yeah, hold nice. on to that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Your your collection looks kind of skimpy back there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's just that's only a few. <laughs>
0: just
1: a couple. <laughs> All right, so let's see. You you um, you were uh, I guess. You sent me a thing earlier, and uh, about um, you being, I guess, uh, friends with Lars Ulrich, like yeah, back right. in the early, early beginnings of Metallica. How did that start?
0: Yeah, it was just uh, totally a thing of chance. I was, uh, I was a beginning guitar player, and I in L.A. They, and I don't know if it still exists, but there's a uh, newspaper called the Recycler. That, that looked like Craigslist, but it was a newspaper. Okay. And and I, I'd look through it to see what bands were out there, and I was kind of dreaming, like if I could get in a band, and and there was a drummer that said a drummer into uh, Saxon, Motorhead, and Tigers of Pantera, oh. and so I'm going, what? And I, I knew uh, I, I had one friend named Bob Nelbandian. Do you guys know Bob Nelbandian? No, he I does haven't. a a podcast uh, called Shockwaves, and then. Uh, one other one too, but he's been around in the metal scene forever. But uh, he lived down the street from me. But uh, uh, so I, I didn't know anybody that liked the new wave or British heavy metal stuff. And I grew up in Huntington Beach, and he was the only person I knew. So I, I, you know, I answered this ad, and this guy with an accent answered the phone. And the first thing he asked me is, "Hey, do you have uh, the Lead Weight compilation, which is the you know the famous neat cassette?" Uh, oh, compilation, yeah. and I did. And then he he asked me if I had the first Raven single, uh, which I did. And then he asked me what kind of Motorhead stuff I had. And then uh, you know we talked about more New Wave British Heavy Metal stuff. And so he, he invited me down. And he lived in Newport with his parents, and I lived in Huntington. Hmm. And uh, so I got I, I didn't <laughs> have a car then. I got in my uh, my dad's car and I drove down to Newport. And it happened to be Lars. There was no Metallica yet, though. Oh, really? Yeah, he was just, he was kind of a beginning drummer. Mm. But he had this amazing uh, record collection, which is really the reason I went. But he had uh, stuff that, you know, you you couldn't get back then in in the States. Right. You know, just, uh, I don't know, like the Hollow Ground stuff and uh, uh, I can't even think of any of this stuff. Uh, There's so much stuff. Hollow
3: ground. I mean, he had uh, fist on that compilation. Um, God, I'm trying to remember the one that really shocked, Black
0: Axe. Yeah, he had a yeah the the Black Axe and going. He had a uh, the uh, what was the one that Heavy Metal Rules? Uh, God, I'm blanking on names right now. They're all on my iPod. Uh, um, but uh, he just had everything. Anything you can imagine. Like even the. The Soundhouse tapes, all the Old Maiden stuff, and uh, his room was wallpapered in Motorhead and Michael Schenker and Diamondhead, and uh, he uh, he lived there with his parents, who were really nice people. But and then he had a stack of T-shirts on the ground that weren't washed; they were like every everybody's dream T-shirts, like all the Diamondhead shirts, and probably had ten Motorhead shirts, and uh, you know Schenker, all kinds of stuff like that. And, uh, so we just kind of stayed friends, uh, through that. And he, uh, he, he told me he was trying to form a band. And then he told me he had met this singer, this gu- guitar player named James, who was a singer. And, and then a guy named Lloyd Grant, who was, uh, you guys probably know who he is, but he was, uh, yeah, he yep. played on the very first Hit the Lights recordings. And, uh, so, uh, you know, he, Lars had come over. To, to the house I lived in with my parents and watch tennis because he loved tennis and we had uh, right. cable TV then and hardly anybody had cable TV and he'd come over and, and I'd usually go to bed and he you know my parents would be in bed and I'd say, yeah, lock up when you leave and he, he wouldn't, he would never lock up, but he would watch tennis till all hours of the night <laughs> or we'd sit there and watch MTV and wait for maiden videos and uh, you don't have to get through all that stuff we didn't want to watch. But it's like Maiden and Motorhead videos, and every once in a while they'd come on, like those live ones with Deanna, and, uh, I don't know, from there, you know, he's, the band got together, um, you know, he, the the first show was at Radio City, and he couldn't get a ride, his mom wouldn't let him, uh, use her car, so I went down and got him, Mm. and, uh, in my dad's car, none of us had cars, and, and, uh. I you know I used my mom's camera, so I took pictures at the first show at Radio City, and I actually recorded it. Oh wow! But but like an idiot, the uh, the batteries were kind of run down, and so it recorded super. You know, it recorded slow, but when you played it back, it was sounded like chipmunks. I mean, it was. Uh. <laughs> I, I gave I gave him the tape, so he has it. Yeah. So I bet it could be digitally fixed now, but it's oh, the I'm first sure. show they ever played, and. Uh, Dave uh, broke a string during "Hit the Lights," and he didn't have a backup guitar. He had a BC Rich that he played in, a, so we had to, everybody had to wait for him to change his strings. And then they then they restarted the set, which basically <laughs> consisted consisted of a you know, "Hit the Lights" and "Jump in the Fire," and then uh, you know uh, "Let It Loose" uh, by Savage and "Killing Time" by Sweet Savage and uh, "Am I Evil" and "Helpless." by Diamond Head, and uh, I think that was it. But it was like a ten-song set. That was always large as gold, to have a ten-song set. Yeah. And, and as they wrote originals, they would uh, uh, scratch off one of the covers. But the thing is, nobody knew there were covers.
1: Uh, like, yeah, like, that's yeah, it's true, because they're so obscure kind totally of the way obscure. back then.
0: Yeah. And the only guy that knew was like uh, Brian Slagle would be at the shows. And uh, you know that later formed Metal Blade that he hadn't formed him yet, but he you know he knew all the bands and another guy named John Cornierns knew the bands and Bob Nobandi and but everybody else is out there originals and wow. they sounded like their other like Hit the Lights you know kind of sounded similar. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it kind of just went from there. I'm I'm still in touch with them. I you know I see them when they're in town and uh, you know sometimes I travel to see them. Like I went to the uh, the the. Uh, 30th anniversary shows in San Francisco uh, in 2007, I think, or 2009 or something. I can't remember when it was. But where they played the four nights at the Fillmore with, uh, like, the guys in Merciful Fate got up and played with them, and uh, Rob Halford and Ozzy and Geezer, uh, Lou Reed, uh, just about anybody. Kid Rock got up there and played with them. uh, It was pretty killer, pretty killer, so... There's four nights. Wow! So uh, I, I stay in touch with him still, and same with Dave, uh, Mustaine. We stay in really good touch. So,
1: so you were you you must have been there then when um, the whole thing went down with Dave Mustaine getting kicked out of the band and everything, right?
0: Uh, well, you know they were out of they were in on the East Coast when that happened, but uh, okay. Uh, so I wasn't. Uh, you know, the back then it was so funny because there was no cell phone. so I got I still right. have all the postcards that Lars would send me from wherever they were on the, i kept i've kept everything I'm, i just uh, i'm kind of that way i just keep stuff and uh... did you
1: bring any to show us
0: <laughs> Yeah, I have, a, I have a lot of it here it's in closets and things but uh... i have it on my phone actually uh... Huh? stuff like that but uh... a lot of it uh, I, I can grab my phone it's uh, my girlfriend's using it but uh... That's all right. but uh... yeah i have letters and uh... all kinds of stuff but, you know, cassettes that Lars would record for me. Like he, he'd make me uh, New Wave British Heavy Metal compilation tapes. Oh, yeah. uh, and then he, he loved bands like Trust, the French band, and Bow Wow from Japan. He was, They were one of his favorite bands. Oh. Uh, the band Legend, the New Wave British Heavy Metal band. Um, anything, the EF band, they were a Swedish band that were kind of considered part of the New Wave British Heavy Metal, but they are oh. Swedish. Uh, and then all the uh, New Wave, British Heavy Metal stuff, he'd, you know, burn tapes for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then, then he, he, one day I went over there and he had this recording of Hit the Lights. That was the very first one that, that was the master copy that he kept up in his the shelf in his, uh, his closet because he didn't want it to get erased. Uh-huh. So, but it was the first recording of Hit the Lights and it just completely blew my mind. That it sounded like, like what I thought, like sounded like Raven and all that stuff that we loved. And Lloyd Grant played all the solos on it. Okay. Uh, And then when they recorded the uh, No Life to Leather demo, uh, he uh, came to my house in Huntington Beach and then we got a friend of mine's uh, dubbing deck. Nobody had dubbing decks, but Mm. this one friend of mine did. So we sat in my room and probably burned a hundred new uh, No Life to Leather demos. Wow. And then I had a lot of pen pals then that, uh, so I, I circulated it through my pen pals. That's pretty much how their name got out. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, people like Bernard Doe from Metal Forces and uh, Metal Mike from Hard Shock. And uh, uh, I ended up sending it to KJ Doughton, who uh, ran Northwest Metal, that fanzine. And uh-huh. he uh, became the fan club manager. And he's uh-huh. actually a really good friend that I've never met personally. We mm. we talk online all the time, and we just our paths have just never physically crossed. But I consider him a really good friend. Mm. But I've never shaken his hand. So it's it's kind of funny. Uh, uh, same with guys like Ron Quintana. You know, I didn't meet him till much later. But you know, we we talked on the phone all the time, and I would uh, call him and play Metallica songs on the phone because they weren't the tapes weren't out yet. They weren't right. circulated yet. So he already knew Lars, So. Uh, Lars had already gone up to San Francisco and met him. So uh, so that's that's, that's, that's kind of how they got around. I mean, I'm uh, and, and I used it as a trading source, so I would, uh, uh, you know, all my pen pals would send me Merciful Fate demos and,
1: hmm. you
0: know, and, uh, you know, Deep Machine demos and Silver Mountain demos and, you know, Satan T-shirts and the Satan demo and. <laughs> and uh, so it was just kind of my source. While well, I was helping my friends who were just, uh, to me, <clears throat> just my friend's band. then.
1: yeah, yeah. And yeah.
0: Uh, but I used I it as a source to kind of, to, to for trading. All
1: right.
0: So, and I would send out uh, Young Metal Attack shirts, uh, which were the first uh, Metallica t-shirts. And Lars would give me, you know, 10 or 12 of them. And then I'd, you know, send them with the tape and with a picture of the band and send them out. And then those guys would send me. You know, uh, merciful fate records and demos and things like that. So,
1: wow,
0: that's that's kind of how it went. Yeah.
1: You still have all those demos and stuff? I Have it
0: all. I Have everything.
1: Well, yeah. You might have to. You might have to send us some of those.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I have all the ha- the uh, no life or other uh, demos with the, uh, the you know, Lars wrote on them and everything, and oh, it wow. says they say do not circulate on them. And at first he, they didn't want them circulated until then. He said, okay, now you can circulate them. So, wow.
1: And me and Greg are very uh, big Merciful Fate fans. So.
0: Oh, awesome. So, awesome. Know,
1: share, share some of that stuff with us. Actually, we're starting a King Diamond show soon. I
0: think I Aren't, saw uh, that on Facebook. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, he's yeah. one of my heroes, too. Uh, I've seen him quite a few times. And uh, I, I met him once uh, at, in Kansas City, actually. And, and it was a funny thing because I, uh, I walked up to the door. There was all these people outside. And I walked up to the door, and the door flew open, and I walked in. And they thought I was in one of the bands. Armored Saint was opening for him, And I knew the guy's in Armored Saint from, from California, but uh, I was sitting down eating uh, uh, lunch with Mickey D and Andy LaRock and King Diamond, and he had just huh. been on uh, the uh, uh, Geraldo Rivera show. Okay. It was, was covering uh, Satanism, yeah, and he was, yep. he was pissed off because he knew he was going to get uh, edited. Right. And he did. He got radically edited, but... Uh, but he was a really nice guy, really smart guy, and uh, and uh, I ended up seeing the Geraldo Rivera episode a little bit later, and it, was, it just made him look like he was this evil guy.
1: Right. Yeah. You know, like
0: he wanted to take him, you know. But, yeah, of course. But yeah, that will be awesome. I'll, I'll tune into that for sure. The, is it a, a podcast then?
1: The- yeah, it'll be the podcast. It'll be a lot shorter than than our normal show. it would probably be oh, like okay. maybe 10, 20-minute segments or something like that. I don't oh, know. Awesome. It's kind of a work in progress.
0: <laughs> All right. Yeah, are you guys going to King Diamond coming up here? Or? Uh,
1: I, He's. No, I don't think so. <laughs> sold
3: out. I tried, to buy sold him out. The day, I tried to buy him the day after, and it was already sold out.
0: Yeah, yeah that's a bummer. Yeah. yeah I think. Uh, I got some. Uh, one of the websites offered some, like, advanced thing. Yeah. And, yep. and I, don't, I forget what they call those, and I just happened to look at the website, and I actually got tickets for. But, uh, uh, looking forward to it. Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. John's not a big fan, right, John? I don't get the stick, to be honest. <laughs> but he loves baby metal. I figured that one out. Love baby metal. They're <laughs> awesome.
0: Yeah, hey, I've never heard baby metal. I see their name around, but I've never even heard of them.
1: Hers three. It's what three of them or two of them now or something, right? That's but, three of them
0: uh... still. Are they Japanese?
1: Yeah, they're Japanese teenage yeah. girls.
0: And they're really good players, right? Really good musicians?
2: Well, they're they're they just singers, but their band oh, is really, cool. really good. Yeah, their band is tight I, as hell. I think I, I just saw, saw them a- Saturday night, so.
0: Oh, you yeah they're, at the myth,
2: yeah, they're at the Myth Saturday night. Oh, My girlfriend did the lighting for it, so.
0: Ah, oh, awesome. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Who played with them?
2: A band called Avatar, which was another sticky band from Sweden.
1: Oh, is that about? the is that the one that guy wears makeup like a clown they all wear makeup and makeup?
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was,
0: mm. it was bad oh, i know who they bad. are yeah yeah and the singer's really wild right like really yeah. crazy state yeah I've it's seen like a, a Marilyn manson video. kind of guy right yeah, yeah. looks kind of like a crazy clown or something yeah, yeah i have seen uh, videos of them yeah wow huh was... we no idea <laughs> you never
3: heard of them i've heard of them no i have not heard of the only Avatar I know was from, like, the early 80s, right, and the they Sabotage. only had one
1: record.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was, uh, and who did they become? Uh, Sabotage. Sabotage. Right, 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 right. right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, Avatar will be on next week, Craig and John.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. We
1: could probably make that happen really easily, too. <laughs> <It probably could. laughs> I don't doubt it.
0: John, you should try to see uh, King Diamond sometime, because the band is phenomenal live. I mean, just a great band. A couple
2: of times in the 80s, you know, it was fun. Oh, you did?
0: Yeah. First half. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, uh, honestly. Just stick with
3: uh, me. Yeah. Wow. I saw him with Merciful Fate uh, years back, and that was awesome. What was know, that? Back when uh, that was down at a place called The Ballroom down in Maryland in, like,
0: 99, 98. Okay. Wow, awesome. Yeah, I saw him in the, the 80s uh, with Exodus open in, in Long Beach. And then uh, I saw him, uh, I've seen King Diamond a few times, and then Merciful Fate played here in town. Uh, I lost one of the videos here.
1: Yeah, Greg disappeared again. Are you still
3: there? Uh, somebody plugged in something that was too much for the breaker, and it- <laughs> it was
1: something. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> too funny. Good. Oh. I'll replace your uh, video with a picture of yourself then. Best <laughs> <laughs> <Rick's never> looked. <laughs> yeah, we should do this more often. <laughs>
0: still got sound on him though right
1: yeah that's all right yeah he's fine yeah. uh all right so
0: I, I have one uh pretty interesting record that i actually got from lars and it's the 1980 brats record yeah which, yep which is the pre oh, universal yeah. fate yeah and i it's a mint copy but i he gave it to me because uh ron quintana i think it, one of you asked me about this that he uh uh I think you did, Wayne. Yeah, he asked me to write a uh, article on the LA heavy metal scene, uh-huh. and I was not a writer at all. But Bob Nobandian and I decided we would do that, and he he wrote about a couple bands, and then I, and then I wrote about Metallica, but they didn't exist yet, uh-huh. and and I wrote it with Lars in his bedroom in his parents' house in his their apartment, and we were just laughing the whole time because there was no band yet, but we were saying things like. Uh, Potential to become U.S. metal gods, and we were just cracking up. And we're, and then he didn't want anybody to know that, that he that he sat there and wrote it with me because it would have looked kind of bad. Oh, yeah. it, people know now, but when we finished it, uh, it got in maybe the fourth episode of uh, Metal Mania. And so it was the first time their name was ever in print. But uh, And then he gave me, a, he had two copies of the 1980 Bratz record. Because he, he already knew the guys in Merciful Fate from... Oh, yeah. Grown up in Denmark, and so he gave me a copy of it, so, uh, then, you know, it's kind of a uh, punk rock, it's not metal at all, but it's got Hank yeah. Sherman and Michael Denner on it, and right. and then the other members are non-Merciful Fate people,
1: but uh, yeah.
0: it's kind of cool to have, though.
1: Yeah, yeah, we were listening to it, uh, actually, for, you know, the show that we're doing. It's, it's oh, really? a lot It's a lot yeah. different than the uh, Merciful Fate stuff. Totally, so, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not yeah. what
0: yeah. you expect. Yeah, not at all. I like
3: it, though. It's a good director. for you. Yeah, I like it. I've listened
0: to a fair dead. amount in my life, yeah.
1: He's got a haunted house over there.
0: Wayne, where are you from? You You should have put that mask on.
1: I should have. What's that, Pat?
0: Where are you from, Wayne? You sound like uh, uh, you have a...
1: New East York. Coast.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I can tell you Coast.
1: Yep, New York.
0: Did you see a lot of shows there?
1: I'm not really a big show guy. I'll go once in a while. I mean, I I went to, um... I saw King Diamond, since we're talking about him a little bit still. Uh, I saw him at BB King's, but that was, like, probably 10 years ago now. Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't go to shows that much. I go to Jones Beach and things like that, but, yeah, I'm not a big show goer.
0: Oh, okay. It seems like there haven't been a lot of shows around lately. But, uh, there hasn't been a lot of... I'm looking forward to King Diamond, but, uh... I haven't yeah. been in a lot of bands lately. I haven't seen one. Like.
1: Yeah, I think the, actually the last one I saw was Halloween, and that was in, um, oh. in Manhattan. It was, all these bands always go into these small clubs, and I can't stand that, so I just might hate going, you know? Yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't mind going into a place that's got, like, seating, and I can sit down and just relax. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but it right. was
1: very hard to come by around here.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah the myth, that seemed like they always kind of oversell, too. It's so crowded. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah, yep. yeah. So... Were you, uh, when you were uh, hanging around with Lars, did did, uh, he even have the, oh yeah, he did have the name Metallica, but um, I always heard him say that uh, he stole it from a friend, is that true, that name? Yeah,
0: it it was actually from Ron Quintana, and uh, Ron was starting Metal Mania, his fanzine, and... uh, he uh, was trying to decide if he wanted to name the fanzine Metalmania or Metallica, and Lars said, uh-huh. "Metallica is stupid. Do Metalmania. That sounds way better." Because <laughs> he wanted the name.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how he got yeah. it. Yeah. But, yeah. But, and you, you were um, involved too with, uh, or not involved, but you know, around when uh, Lars, you know, found James and everything.
0: Yeah, and I, I knew I didn't know James real well, but I, I'd see him at shows, at, like at Radio City, and. The Woodstock, which were in Orange County, and they were, they shared a wall. they were right next to each other. But I mean, we'd go to see bands. Uh, I've, you know, I've never been into Motley Crue, but I, I did see them in a in a little tiny bar because I wanted to see what they're about. And and bands like you know when like when Jakey Lee was in Rat, uh, you know I went to see that. And uh, you know when Ingbay was in Steeler and even Steeler before Ingbe. so we we went to a lot of those shows. And James was at most of them. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of knew him, but not, you know, he was pretty quiet, mm-hmm. but I didn't, uh, like I wasn't on first name basis with him
1: yeah. until,
0: until I, you know, knew him through Lars, until yeah. after he got together with Lars. And then I remember I told uh, Bob Nobandi and I, uh said, you know that guy we see at every show? And I, and I explained to him, <laughs> and I go, James, you know, the tall guy with blonde hair? I said, he's the, the new singer with Lars. And, and it was just kind of a funny thing, because Lars was a total beginner then, he he didn't right. care though. He didn't care one bit, because he was already working the business side of it. He always had a business mind, mm. and uh, he even asked my dad. Uh, I remember sitting at my, my parents' dinner table, and he asked my dad for ten thousand dollars right. to invest in his band called Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> who would do that? You know? yeah. <laughs> and my dad's like, you know, who would invest in some kid's band? $10,000. But it probably should have, looking back now. But, uh, <laughs> so, but my parents knew him, and he'd come over, even if I wasn't home, and you know, and watch MTV or watch tennis and things. So. Yeah. It goes back but a long way, yeah.
1: He his, his well off, though, in his family, now, right? I thought he was.
0: You know, it's a funny thing. It's a... Uh, um, I'm actually, there's a, another book coming out about thrash metal, and that I'm, I'm doing I'm answering those questions on email. But uh, he, that same question came up that he was well off, and you know he lived. They lived in Newport Beach. It was a two bedroom apartment. Uh, his mom had an AMC Pacer. Right. You know Lars didn't have a car. I never saw if his dad had a car. Uh, his dad is one of the like the sweetest people you can imagine just one of the nicest nicest people and still is but uh and when every once in a while large could get his mom's car and it was this amc pacer and he drove like a complete maniac <laughs> like he'd pass people on the right side on the shoulders oh, yeah. on and there wasn't enough room and he didn't he was just he was mellow about it but that's just how he drove but usually it would be i'd get my dad's car and pick him up and then we'd go run around to record stores or you know, go to shows and things. But, uh, so, you know, and, you know, he didn't have a camera. He didn't, he had tons of records and tons of t-shirts and, you know, stuff like that. But I didn't, back then, I didn't think of him as being like a rich kid. But at the same time, you know, James was, and Ron McGovney, you know, lived in Norwalk that was pretty, uh, blue collar, you Mm -hmm. know, and, uh, so it was a different upbringing, but, uh, you know, his dad was a professional tennis player. Yeah. But I never got the impression that they were rich or anything. Right. But yeah, you know, but you know, it was a nice area. I mean, I don't think there's a bad area in Newport Beach. But yeah, <laughs> I, and Lars worked at a gas station, and you know, he'd uh, it was one he sat in a booth and just took money, and he'd call me. He'd be worried he was going to get robbed because he really didn't. America was kind of new to him. Right. But he'd be in his in his booth listening to Angel Witch, you know, taking people's <laughs> gas, you know, and. So he'd call me, and I could hear what he was listening to all the time. But, yeah. But uh, so I don't know. Yeah, a lot of people assume that, and may, I don't know. Maybe they were well off, but I did. I didn't. I didn't get that when I was a kid. You yeah. know, when I was seventeen years old. But
1: yeah, yeah, he always say that because, like you said, his father was a you know a pro tennis player, so you know, yeah. he's got to be making some kind of money. You
0: know? yeah, he may have. His dad was always doing this really bizarre paint, like painting on these. You know, ten foot canvases and, oh, wow. and it, it made no sense to me. But he would explain it to me, mm. and I would always act like, "Oh yeah, I see that," and I I did not get it at all. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> but if that's with any a lot of art, you know, <laughs> you see it and it's like, "Oh yeah, that's cool," but you don't know what it means. Oh, yeah. well, that's so, funny
1: because isn't Lars like really into painting now?
0: He is. Yeah, he's a big mm. collector, and oh, yeah. I'm sure that came from his dad. His oh, yeah. dad uh, was really into jazz, so Lars knew, knows a lot about. Uh, like Dexter Gordon is Lars' uh, godfather,
1: okay, because he, really. he
0: was he was friends with with uh, Torben with with Lars's dad. Mm. So, wow. So then there was a there was this pop singer out a few years ago named Nina Cherry. Yep. And, okay. And her yep. and her dad was Don Cherry, who was a famous jazz musician, and Lars was childhood friends with her. Mm. So uh, yeah, kind of funny connections, but
3: wow. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah.
0: So and then his mom was very nice, and uh, she'd come in the room and start yelling at him to clean up his room or something. But it was all in Danish, so I didn't really know what they're saying, and he'd bark back at her. And but they're that's just the way they were. But uh, so I actually drove her to uh, when Witalka, uh did the Kill 'Em All for one tour with Raven, Uh Lars called me and said, "Hey, can you pick up my mom?" And so me and my buddies went down and picked her up and drove her to the show and. So uh that's what she could see is you know Metallica play with Raven. Yeah, so,
1: yeah, yeah. Oh
0: cool. Yeah, which is unbelievable. That was an unbelievable show.
1: I guess uh, his parents were into the Metallica stuff?
0: You know, they uh you know they took him to shows like Led Zeppelin and Black Sabbath, but uh you know, I didn't ever talk to him about that. But yeah. his dad's like a really good critic of Metallica, he's really like brutally honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. about like he'll tell large now. No good, you know. He'll be really honest about it. And his mom, uh, I think she was just there to support him. Right. But I, but I don't, I don't really know what music she liked. I don't have any idea. But, but she, you know, she was cool and and not out of place there. That was at the country club in the, in the Cedar.
1: Yeah.
3: Well, I mean, I I would love Pat to do something about the new wave of British heavy metal with you sometime.
0: That'd be awesome. Yeah. That's kind of my real love. That's my. Me too. Yeah. Oh good, yeah. Yeah, John had told me about that. He had a friend in the New York British Heavy Metal and he lived down the street and I'm going, What? And so I couldn't wait to meet you. That's cool.
3: Yeah. Oh, so you live like uh where?
0: Yeah. But, uh, What's yeah, that? yeah,
3: we should definitely get together sometime. Yeah.
0: yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's still I was my, actually
3: uh, um, yeah. I was just making a playlist of all the uh Friday rock show recordings I have.
0: Really? I've some yeah. of those on my on my iPod, yeah. I've got yeah.
3: Shiva Fastway, a Couple Motorheads, Angel Witch, Diamond awesome. Head. Well, I've got like four Diamond Head ones because I swear they were on there like every year, but Yeah.
0: <laughs> right yeah, yeah, they were, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of the uh it's a lot of the BBC demos too, of uh like Titan, bands like that and Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, so uh I can't think of them. I have them over here, but I can't, I can't think of them. But,
1: Maybe so. you two should start a podcast together.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Yeah,
3: actually, sh- we could start off with that Raven single. Johnny actually gave me that for Christmas a year or so ago.
0: <laughs> Is that right? Because you yeah. don't need your money one?
3: When- yeah, I could i grab
0: it. <laughs> yeah, Wiped Out is one of the best, uh, one of the greatest uh, new British heavy metal songs, I think. But. And Exterminator Day, Ex- Extermination Day is one of my favorites, too. Yeah.
1: Why does lights go out again? <laughs> uh, my lights aren't going to go out.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah, there it is, yeah. Yep.
1: That'd neat awesome.
3: records.
0: <laughs> that be awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a good I, friend. Uh, yep. Were we you ever into Legend? Yeah. Uh, They're they're from the Jersey Islands, which is uh, off the coast of France, but it's a British part of England. But uh, 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 they're one of my favorite bands, and they were one of Lars's favorite bands. But uh, the guitar player contacted me on Facebook, and he said, I know we influenced Metallica, but I have no Ah. proof. He said, I have no proof, but I know we had to have influenced them. And I have a tape, I think it's right over here, that... uh, that Lars made it for me that has his handwriting on it. That uh he recorded the legend the first Legend album for me. So it just totally made that guy's day that uh oh, that that they influenced awesome. Metallica. and it's funny how Lars worshipped those guys and now those guys are so like overjoyed yeah. that they influenced Metallica. So yeah. it's kinda of fun. <laughs> that's so it cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah
3: you, you you know what's funny is well I'm younger than all you guys so i got into it a little bit later but um you know my dad was big time into new wave of british heavy metal as well really?
0: awesome. i had
3: i had heard sweet savage before i heard metallica though and that was the first wow. thing i thought when i heard hit the lights i'm like sounds like sweet savage eye of the storm yep. kind of but yep.
0: quicker exactly.
3: yeah yeah
0: that's what i when i heard it i remember thinking this sounds like all the stuff we listen to when he he played it for me, and it was just on a little four-track recorder. But uh, and I remember they, uh, uh, Lloyd had a Montgomery Ward amp about a foot tall that <laughs> had had one tube in it, and that's what he recorded it on. And it sounds like a Marshall stack, and he, he he wanted to use his Strat, and the guys at Metallica said, no, we don't want the Strat, the Flying V, and he had a black uh, Gibson Flying V. And uh, They started calling him Black Shanker. He's uh, a legendary Jamaican guy, <laughs> but uh, but uh, and it was a, you know, it was a term of endearment, like it was a compliment, because they loved Shanker, but they loved his guitar playing too. And then uh, the amp had, they had an amp with reverb on it, and they 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 banged it against the ground to make it explode, to do the explosion at the end of the song. All so right. they, that's how they did that explosion on the end they had to hit the lights on. Metal Massacre and on the demos and things more. Oh. Yeah, well, I'm so gonna have yeah. to
1: edit I'm gonna have to edit that in the show now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> not a problem.
0: Yeah, funny, yeah. Good thing
1: I left it recording.
0: Yeah, Lloyd actually want, he's talked about uh remarketing that amp, having it rebuilt uh to look exa- he still has the amp and as the amp that he recorded hit the lights on. But he didn't know if there would be a market for it or not. And so start selling it as a practice amp. It was an amazing guitar amp, but, but it literally was about a foot tall. Wow. But, uh, yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So I don't want to
2: say We got some good uh, Mega Dave news today, apparently. What's that? Well, his treatment's going phenomenally, and huh. uh, he just got done with his last chemo. And he's yeah. on a program which uh, is supposed to be real successful.
0: Yeah, he's optimistic about it. Yeah. Oh. When was the last time you talked to him? Uh, you know, it's funny uh, he told me a, uh, about a month before it was released, so I had to keep it I didn't say a word to anybody, but he uh, you know, we were in pretty good contact and, and over the last few weeks we I've, you know, I've, I text him just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. You're know, not not asking him anything because he, he doesn't really talk a lot about it when we do talk, uh, but uh, he, he says it's all going well. He's a uh, uh, a few years ago in 2013, my mom passed away, and uh, he, uh, I had told him about it, and I was with my mom in hospice for two weeks. I didn't leave my mom, and 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 they idea. were on they were on tour. Yeah, it was the hardest thing I've been through in my life. But oh, yeah. the, the guy that contacted me every single day was Dave Mustaine. Wow, and, and I mean he's a such a busy guy, but he did not miss a day of contacting me I mean, that's the kind of guy he is and he, you know he has a certain reputation oh, yeah. but uh, you know and and some of it's earned you know but uh, but uh he's a he's a fearless guy but he's uh yeah he it was just an amazing thing I mean it really helped me get through it and then uh, I spent the next week cleaning up my mom's apartment you know donating things and giving stuff away and the uh, the Saturday I drove back up here they were playing at the myth. Okay. And so, yeah, so he let my girlfriend and me stand on the stage and oh, he wow. just kind of just totally rolled out the red carpet and said, this show's for your mom. Wow. I and
1: mean, that's the
0: kind of guy that he really is. Wow. He's really, really an amazing guy.
1: Well, that's good to hear because like you said, he gets a, a bad rap a lot does, of times. Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, but but uh, when I see him, he's, he's just like he was when we were kids. I mean, um, I remember, like, at the they were playing a show at the Woodstock, and Slayer was at the bottom of the bill. and uh, But Slayer was just a cover band there, and they didn't play speed metal then. They played you oh, know, wow. Judas Priest covers and things. But I had an Angelwood shirt on, and the light guy didn't show up. So I, it's a, I have a reputation for being their light technician. Mm-hmm. It says that online, but I did it one time. And it's because the light guy didn't show up. And the, the lights, which... The light module had two switches, like for the red and the blue lights, or something. <laughs> so I, I knew the songs, so I was just going real fast. And but uh, and Dave had an On Through the Night shirt, a Duff Leopard shirt on, and he was a, uh, and he said, "I'll give you a uh, one of the red uh, Young Metal Attack shirts if you let me wear your Angelwood shirts just for the show." And I didn't do it, but uh, <laughs> but, I, but I, I had one of the red shirts but I don't know what I did. That's one of the one things I've lost. But I should have done it. I should have let him wear it, because then I would have two of those shirts, because they're Man, pretty weird. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, we had some con- closer contact uh, last year, because uh, one of my favorite bands is a band called Mustache. And mm-hmm. they're they're a Swedish band. And they have, yep. I have all their CDs sitting right there, but they they have probably eight CDs out. And they're my favorite band of the last 20 years, probably. Uh, wow. And, uh, and and Dave loves him I, I turned Dave on to him, and he absolutely loves them. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to, we were trying to get him lined up to go on tour with Megadeth. So, uh, so he and I were talking on the phone a lot mm-hmm. about it, about it working out, but it just never worked out. Finances and everything, just a uh, kind of a lot of a, turned into kind of a big uh, mess, sort of. But, yeah. but I actually flew down to Austin to see Mustache play because they didn't play up here. And there was like 15 people there.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> in the same way in,
0: L- in L.A., there was 15 people. Toronto, there was like 20 people. and So, yeah. Wow. But great band. You guys should check them out.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I've definitely heard of them, yep. yeah. Yeah. A friend of mine likes them, so he gave me a, oh. a couple of their albums, yeah.
0: Is he local? Is he in uh,
1: yeah, he Yeah, he lives about an hour from me, yeah. He's oh, in New okay. York, too, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, he, he likes he likes that kind of stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah I do,
1: too. They're not yeah. bad. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that was Pat, part one of Patrick Scott. Come back next week for part two. There will be more. If you dare!
0: <laughs>
1: all right. Anything else you can add to the show before we uh, we head out of here?
2: Flash my did again. I don't know if you're into that, but
1: no, please don't. All right. Not into that at all. I don't think anybody watching the show is either. Well, you could have some fans out there. I really don't know. Hey,
2: man, I, I think we fucking doubled our subscribership after I flashed my tits the first time.
1: We have had... Well, actually, that that hasn't aired yet. That's That day is tomorrow.
0: Oh, all right. <laughs> or
1: it'll air before this episode goes up. Be it. Yeah, all right. Uh, so we'll see what happens after that goes up. Because we have been getting some new subscribers, and I really... You know what? Let's thank some of the new subscribers. You want to do that? Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. I haven't given any shout outs to any new subscribers. And I'm, I'm sorry for people earlier that have subscribed, but now we have quite a few, so I'm not going to go through everybody. But uh, Jules Guitar, thank you very much for subscribing. Lone Wolf G A M, thank you for subscribing. Andre- Andrea Raybar, Mike Jones, Steve Friend, Jorge Del Rio. Jorge! Yeah, Scott Ward. I'd pronounce this other person's name, but I can't pronounce that at all, but uh Just call him Earl now it's a girl. Oh. but uh I really appreciate everybody and the new subscribers and uh keep it up, share it with your friends. We're going to have a lot of cool interviews coming up um who else i We got uh, Michael Jargo from the Hami Media Group coming up. We're talking uh Halloween. I'm going to do that uh in two weeks. And then Aaron uh, Sky comes on the show, and um, Matt Schaffer. Well, Matt, you've already seen Matt Schaffer. That would be on, but in fact, this comes on, so and then Big Ray from the Harmon Media Group. He's coming on to do uh, album versus album. Maybe I don't know. We were supposed to record that earlier today, but it didn't happen. So we'll see what happens. And then we're well, going go on. On to be going to Antigua,
2: and and uh, you might uh, just catch. A glimpse of your favorite uncle in a mosquito with a hedgehog in it
1: they yeah, have they have hedgehogs over there
2: sure they do and Keegan it's hedgehogs it's they fucking fillet them and real thin
1: uh, I know they do yeah. have like those um those lizards they have those lizards over there they would crawl they under the door the, when I was there for the, my honeymoon they crawled under the door
2: yeah they were harmless
1: they are Got some nasty bugs over there though. They would spray, and every every couple of days they um, they would spray the resort with this big fog machine thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of scary. What
2: time of year did you go? Uh, April. All right. That's when the bugs are spawning. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: It was nice. It was the whatever they put in that fog stuff that they put around. There was no bugs, no, nothing to like really bother us. Not like where I live. Forget it. I can't even walk outside the door without getting bit by a mosquito. Right on. So you'll be good. Well, I don't know. You're not going into a resort though, so who knows? Nope. All right. Adios, everybody. See you next week. Later. R- bye. R- R- bye. R- Ratsaddlereview.com. R- Subscribe YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher. That's it. Bye-bye.